Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to transform your life and your business. Here is your host, Rick Hyland, and this is CI for Life. Okay, welcome to another CI for Life podcast. Our special guest today is Danny Brassell. He's America's leading reading ambassador. Danny, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Rick. I really appreciate it. Well, I am so excited. In our pre- in our chat on before the we went online, I'm uh, very enthused to find out uh, a little bit more about your background and why you're the leading ambassador and how you read five thousand books uh, a year and all that. But I mentioned to you that one of my goals in January, thirty day goals, was to read nonfiction every day. So. Uh, when you uh, when we appeared on Podmatch together, I just wanted to have you on and fascinated about your background. So, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got it to be the reading ambassador. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of pathetic, Rick, because uh, I grew up hating reading. Okay. My, uh, my father is a librarian, a public librarian. I always hated the public library. It always smelled funny. There was uncomfortable furniture. There was always an elderly woman telling me to be quiet. There's always some freaky guy hanging out by the shelves who thinks he's a vampire. I hated public libraries. Uh, uh, and I was always a good reader, but I never liked reading. I usually watched the movies when I had to do a book report, and I was pretty good on, on those. Uh, and it wasn't until uh, I started teaching in the inner city and um, I taught in South Central Los Angeles in Compton. Okay. And I realized I, it was really kind of this, uh, this huge epiphany for me, Rick. It was like, shame on me. Uh, I was blessed. I had both of my parents in my home growing up. Uh, my parents always read to my brother, sister, and me. They always read in front of us. We always had an abundance of reading materials around me. And I, that's when I really started becoming passionate about reading was when I realized not everybody had those same advantages I had. And so now I've really been spreading the word around the world for the past 25 years. I've been, I'd started, I, I was a teacher and then I was a professor and a researcher. Uh, I've authored lots of books. And about five years ago, I created what's now the, the world's leading online reading engagement program, uh, which is different than a lot of reading programs. Um, I, I find when I speak to, to parents and teachers, you know, schools do a decent job of teaching kids how to read. But the question I always ask people is, what good is it teaching a kid how to read if they never want to read? I teach kids why to read because I've never had to tell a kid, go watch TV. I've never had to tell a kid, go play a video game. And I never want to have to tell a kid, go read a book. I want them to choose to do it on their own because they're excited about it. And I think uh, that's really been one of the failings in our school system is we kind of teach kids the misery of reading so that they don't want to do it on their own outside of school. Yeah, I, I want to talk about the why and I want to build the business case with you. What are, what are the pros and cons, benefits, um, advantage, disadvantage, kind of build that business case for us? Well, absolutely. I, I actually, I love speaking to corporations because I'll, I'll talk to all these executives. One of the first questions I ask them is, what was your favorite book growing up? And at least 70% of the room says Spider-Man, Fantastic Four. <laughs> Veronica and Jughead. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's fantastic. That counts. I mean, and this is something all of your listeners have to understand. The research is very clear on this. It doesn't matter what you read. What matters is how much you read. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're reading James Joyce or James and the Giant Peach, people who read more 
read better. And to those, those business executives that are busy and they don't know what to read with their kids and they're concerned, oh, all my kid reads is Captain Underpants. I say, well, the, the, the kid who reads Captain Underpants is going to be a better reader than the kid that's not reading anything. Captain Underpants is the gateway drug to Shakespeare. And uh, you know this because you, you've mentored so many people in business that reading is essential to success in anything. Yeah if you really want to get better, especially in business. And um, I mean, when I was writing my first book on, on read, lead, called Read, Lead and Succeed, and I want to give that a complimentary copy to everybody um, okay. listening today to that book. Um, that was a book when I was researching it. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, of the Fortune 500 CEOs, over half of them are dyslexic. And that was fascinating to me. And wow. just looking at, but all of them still read. They might not read, you know, you and I were discussing it beforehand. You're reading books on stock trading and, and pretty high level books. You know, some of these guys are reading, uh, you know, Sports Illustrated. And uh, I spoke with one uh, female CEO and she she really loves reading Us Magazine. And I said, there's nothing wrong with Us Magazine. Right. It's, it's getting you in that habit. Uh, but all of us need that kind of balance in our lives. Uh, you were talking, you and I both have a passion for nonfiction, but a lot of people, the way they escape from reality is by going to fiction. You know, uh, it's a pretty grim world nowadays. The worst, the worst thing I can recommend to anybody right now is to read the news. It's going to terrify you. So yeah. you might as well transport yourself to something else. Yeah, my wife enjoys the benefits of fiction and um, I'm a nonfiction person, but one of the reasons, Danny, I read is to inspire myself. If I'm a little low on motivation or I'm tired, even a not good nonfiction book is a great way to pick up ideas or pick up motivation. What, what's your thoughts on that? I love that. I mean, you and I are two peas in a pod, right? I mean, Rick, one of the, before the pandemic closed down bookstores, I was known to love to go to bookstores and I'd always head to the children's section first and I'd find a whole bunch of biographies on famous people in the children's section. Why should I read a 900 page book about yeah. a famous person when I can write a re read a picture book that gives me some pretty, you know, I can tell people a lot more about Elon Musk than most people because I'll, I'll read the children's book first. I mean, I actually uh, there's a wonderful uh, biography about Elon Musk, an adult level by Ashley Vance that I read, but uh before I read the adult version, I always went for the kid version first because I'm like, huh, what are the what are the basics, the keys that I can get about this? For, you know, uh, if you if you're a, the president of the United States receives a briefing every day, they don't tell you everything. They just give you the highlights. And that's what I love about children's books is they'll give you the highlights. And especially for those of us that want to get better in life. Children's books do a good job of showing the adversity that all famous people went through in, before they succeeded. And I think that's an important lesson for all of us. Well, is there actual research data, Danny, showing the correlation between reading and success in life? Well, yeah, I mean, you're going to see that. Uh, the, the, and and it, that's actually the research I would show to people. I'm like, again, it doesn't really matter what you read. So there was a study. So I always you'll, you'll like this. So I always say Harvard did the study uh, because uh, whenever you say Harvard yeah, did the study, it sounds much more legitimate. You know, you yeah. can't say Western University. Then, oh, where, where's Western? No, it's, it's illegitimate if it's not Harvard. Uh, but I love, I love uh, studies of uh, success patterns. I'm always looking for habits and patterns. Yeah. And uh, so they were looking at student test scores around the world to see if there was any common characteristics among students. And they found one 
and it, sh it shocked the researchers. It was the number of minutes spent reading outside of school. And so they looked at the lower students, the middle students, and the higher students. And so the kids in the 20th percentile average less than a minute a day, which that's not really that surprising. It's probably why they're at the bottom of their class. This did surprise researchers. The kids in the middle, in the 70th percentile, the C students, how much time do they spend reading outside of school a day? 9.6 minutes a day. And so if I'm doing a parent training, this is when the room gets real quiet and the first hand goes up and a parent's like, wait a sec, are you saying if I can get my kid to read for 10 minutes a day, I can take him from an F to a C? That's exactly what I'm saying. The research is right actually on. quite abundant on this, but this is even more fascinating. The kids at the top of the class, the 90th percentile, are they spending three hours a day reading at home? No. Are they spending one hour a day reading at home? No. The average was just over 20 minutes a day. 20 minutes a day. So this That's is my cool. mission in life is to help parents find those 20 minutes a day. And here's a couple of tips for the people listening there. First of all, they don't have to be consecutive. So if you only have one minute here and one minute, as long as you can find 20 minutes throughout the day, that's fine. The other thing people don't realize, and this goes back to when I was talking about so many of the Fortune 500 CEOs being dyslexic. One of the things I noticed with a lot of them is they all listen to audiobooks. Audiobooks are just as good as reading it yourself. Yeah. And for somebody that's dyslexic, the audio version is going to really help them out. And so those are a couple of the things. And, you know, the first thing I always tell parents uh, when I was just doing a train, I, I won't say the name of the company, but all these all the uh, senior executives are like, well, how do I get my kid doing it? I'm like, okay, I know you're busy. Here you go. I'm going to guess that you have a television set in your home. Turn on the closed captioning on the television set. And this, this one oh, gentleman said, well, wait a second, if the show is in English and the subtitles are in English, what good is that? Reading. I, I said, that's a fair point. Let me make a point. How many times have you ever watched a show with subtitles and not looked at the subtitles? It's very difficult to do. Your brain is directed towards that text. And there's research supporting that, too. You'll love this one, right? So if you look at reading test scores around the world, the more a kid watches TV, what do you think happens to the reading score? Does it go up or does it go down? Down. Always down, every single country in the world except for one. The country that watches the most TV in the world has the highest reading scores in the world. It's Finland. Close the reason me. is Finland makes really bad TV shows. And so what they have to do is they import uh, I Dream a Genie and Gilligan's Island from America and they have to put subtitles on all the shows. Isn't That's where I got the idea. For, I'm like, hey, let's get the kids watch them all the time. So those are some real basics that anybody can do to increase your reading. Because I, I deal with people all the time and say, I have no time to read. I'm like, yeah, who has time to read after you watch the game on TV, have a couple of beers, go out shopping? I mean, you know, I, I love it when I hear people say that they're time management experts. I'm like, there's no such thing as time management. There's only priority management. If you mm -hmm. want to read, you make the time to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And and I love the argument you're making that this isn't just for kids, that success also in your career, your chosen career has to do with your reading levels. And I would even say they're kind of very similar numbers, right? Spend 20, 30 minutes a day upgrading your skills, upgrading your knowledge so that you can continue to move ahead in life. Absolutely. And you should read about anybody. I mean, it was fascinating when I was looking into different industries. I'm like, okay, business titans, you know, Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world, he spends all of his time reading every single day. That's all he's doing yeah. is reading. Uh, you look at like athletes. I could have kissed LeBron James when he was playing for the Miami Heat in his first NBA championship for them. They showed him reading the Hunger Games before the game. That's how he relaxes himself. He reads before games. 
Um, if you look at uh, movie, anybody, actors and actresses, they're reading constantly. Uh, I, I could have kissed. I was at an event once with uh, Tony Dungy, the, the Super Bowl winning uh, coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Now he's on NBC TV. But he was speaking to a whole bunch of students and he said, well, to make it to the NFL, what do you have to do? And he said, you have to go to college. In order to go to college, what do you have to do? You have to get the grades in high school. What do you have to do to get the grades? You've got to read. He's like, what people don't understand is I'll get 500 guys at a training camp and they're all pretty much the same physically. But mentally, I'm only going for the smart ones. And he's like, and that's all we do most of the time. We don't hit each other in practice. We hit each other in games. But during practice, it's all about reading. And I was like, wow, that's fascinating. That's just, Nobody would associate playing that's in the awesome. NFL with reading. But there's one of the top coaches saying that's what it's all about. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, Danny, tell us about your – you've authored several books. But tell us about the most recent one, Leadership Begins right. with Motivation. Yeah, Leadership Begins with Motivation. That was a book uh, – uh, I wrote that book because um, I just think that everybody's bombarded with all kinds of negativity all the time. And I don't know if you'll remember this, Rick. I'm, I'm kind of old at this point. Uh, chop off my head and count the rings. But when I was a kid, I used to wait for 1215 every day because Paul Harvey would come on the radio and he'd, he'd give me the rest of the stories. And I was yeah. always I love those. Today, the modern day version, uh, Mike Rowe, the guy that used to host the Dirtiest Jobs show and narrates oh, yeah. The Deadliest Catch. He has this yeah. great podcast called The Way I Heard It, which he calls, uh, I, I can't remember his slogan, but it's basically uh, uh, short stories for the curious mind with a short attention span. And I wanted to I wanted to write a book where if a kid wants to go to the toilet, they can read a little story that inspires them that uh, will take them only two or three minutes to read. And so I filled this book with a whole bunch of just different inspirational, uh, every chapter ends in, in Asian. So it's inspiration, motivation, perspiration, because Asian means to take action. Uh, that was that was kind of a pet peeve of mine. I was speaking at a, a corporate event and the guy before me was introduced as a, a thought leader. And I thought to myself, what's a thought leader? I'm a results leader. Anybody can have lots of thoughts. Let's take action. And um, so I give stories like here's one. Um, let's see. You'll get a kick out of this. this is a quick one because uh, uh, you're from Utah. So, okay. So on the morning of January 17th, 1977, Gary Gilmore in a plain T-shirt strapped into a chair with a bag over his head awaited a firing squad of five law enforcement officers to execute him at the state prison in Draper, Utah. Hmm. Convicted of murdering a gas station employee and motel manager in Utah the year before, Gilmore would be the first person in the United States to be executed in nearly a decade. Shortly before his execution, prison officials asked Gilmore if he had any last words. Neither he nor anyone else that day would know the impact of those words. Over 10 years later in 1988, Dan Whedon, an advertising executive who co-founded the Whedon and Kennedy Agency in Portland, Oregon, made something of a morbid pitch to a struggling fashion company. He recalled the inmate's final words and used a slight variation for his pitch, and seemingly everyone hated his idea for the company's new slogan. Just trust me on this one, Whedon implored the company's co-founder. And the co-founder, his company, and the public have not looked back since. The co-founder's name was Phil Knight. The, the struggling brand he co-founded was a shoe company called Nike. 
An advertising executive, Dan Whedon, slightly altered death row inmates, Gary's Gilmore's final words, let's do it, into the phrase, just do it. Didn't know that. I love little books like that. I I, I love stories like, what can I do to get kids pumped up? Anybody pumped up, you know? Right, right. Okay, Danny, that that is awesome. And I am from Draper, Utah, and I didn't know that story. Okay, so... (laughs) Danny, where do people find you and uh, get that generous gift you talked about? Yeah, so I, I create a, a web link for everybody. So if you just go to readleadandsucceed.com, I'm going to give everybody a complimentary copy of the book, Read, Lead, and Succeed. That's a book. I wrote it for a school principal who didn't know how to engage his faculty. So I said, okay, I'll write you a book. And so every week I give you a concept an inspirational quote, an inspirational story, a book recommendation on a book you should read, but you're probably too lazy because you're an adult. So I also give you a children's picture book that demonstrates the exact same concept. You can read that in five minutes. Um, And I'm also going to throw in a couple of uh, trainings I do with parents uh, on how to get their kids excited about reading. So if everybody just goes to read, lead and succeed, they'll get, they'll get those goodies. Awesome, Danny. Uh, Very generous of of you to do that. And thanks for your time today. And it's been a pleasure meeting you. It's great meeting you, Rick. Just thank you for all that you do and and keep on doing it. I love continuous improvement. It's something everybody needs to see. Thank you. And this has been another continuous improvement podcast. Until next time, live a life of sustainable continuous improvement. Goodbye.